The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Walkers and welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Wayne and Garth of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and a member of the Make Us Better team over on Patreon. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the only guy I want to party on with, Josh. How are you doing this evening? Party on, Kyle. Party on, Josh. I don't know what, I guess, board with video games world would be a really, really complicated and long thing to say as part of that. As far as what? Well, because, like, the, after the, like, you know, after the, like, party on, Wayne, party on, Garth, and it's like, Wayne's world, Wayne's world is party time excellent as I go into that whole thing. Being, like, board with video games world, that'd be a really long thing to say. Oh, yeah, we couldn't have that. Right. So, anyway. There goes our hopes and dreams for a <laughs> standalone movie. Out of the PSVG, uh, I know, cinematic right? Universe. Oh man, the PSVG cinematic universe. Can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, it'd be like the DCEU. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I mean, we're not that dark. <laughs> oh, I just went bad. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I thought you went dark. I just went bad. Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why um, did you say it? Oh, but hey, if you're a fan of DC movies, that's okay. It's okay hmm. to have it's okay to have bad things. I hear there's a couple good ones. I haven't seen one yet, but I heard there's some good ones. I enjoyed Wonder Woman. I know I haven't watched it yet. No, oh, I know others didn't. And the third act isn't I didn't think the third act was super great, but I thought the first two acts were pretty solid and good enough that I could I could deal with the third act being what the third act was. But I'm I enjoyed sure, Wonder Woman. I'm sure I'll like it. I actually did enjoy Man of Steel. I know I'm in a minority in that. Uh, of the DC fan base, most of them don't like Man of Steel and they love all the other ones, but mm. I'm on the opposite end of that. Yeah. I have opposite one I have one very specific reason I don't like DC movies, which we're not a movie podcast, so we probably shouldn't talk about it, but at some point maybe we'll talk about the specific reason I'm not a fan of the DC movies. Drop a just drop a line like that and you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you. Well no, okay, I'll tell <laughs> so the reason I'm not a huge fan is that I don't feel like in those movies, the quote-unquote heroes act like heroes. Correct. I agree with you on that. And that's why I don't. I'm not a fan of them. Like, I think it's fine and cool to try to go with like a darker theme or something like that. Like, that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, these are supposed to be superheroes, and they don't feel like superheroes. Like, the amount of destruction they cause, and the amount of people who probably die as a result of them. Like, and they don't seem to care. Like, yeah, yeah. That's true. Anyway. So anyway, but hey. This isn't a movie podcast, even though we always seem to start this way. This is a gaming podcast, so thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter. Check out all the great pictures that Josh posts over on Instagram, also at BoardWithVG, and Facebook.com slash BoardWithVG. If you want to give us a very awesome five-star rating over there, we would greatly appreciate it. You're welcome to communicate with us long form, BoardWithVG at gmail.com. 
And you can use hashtag board with VG on all the social medias so that we can follow what you're playing or feel free to tag us however you'd like so we can keep track of what you're playing, what you're talking about, all the things that are on your minds in regards to gaming. If you are interested in helping make us better, check out patreon.com slash make us better. And a big thank you to all the supporters over there because of all of you wonderful people. Board of Video Games will be getting its own podcast feed separate from the PSVG proper podcast. So big thanks to everyone out there who thought that was worthwhile and, and decided to spend a couple dollars on it. We appreciate it. And I think the beauty of that is, is that Josh and I contribute to the Patreon too. So we're <laughs> contributing to our own success. So it's not like we're just asking you all for money. We contribute to it as well. Um, but we really appreciate you pitching in if you've done that. And if you're not able to, that is totally fine. We are just thrilled you are listening to us and hanging out with us talking about games. So with all that housekeeping all the way, we are back to the week of talking about the games we've been playing. So Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? Well, let me tell you, it has been quite a week between stomach bugs and more stomach bugs and then some other stomach bugs. Everyone has gone through the sickness, as we call it. You know, I feel like everyone basically is just sick right now because like half the people I work with are sick. I've been up and down. Like some days I feel great. Some days I'm horrible. You know, the wife's been sick. I feel like everyone is just sick right now. Yeah. I mean, change of season usually happens. Yeah. Uh, My cat is attempting to uh, attack me again, but my wife is here to rescue me. I thought you were going to talk about... I meant attack with cuddles. Right. Uh, I totally thought you were going to talk about your cat being sick. (laughs) My cat has been sick uh, as well. Um, she likes to eat plastic bags and throw them up, so that's been a challenge. Not, okay, uh, so, sorry. Side story again. <laughs> We're really getting off topic this week, but that's okay. Uh, my dog has been eating oatmeal. What's wrong with that? That sounds well, good. I mean, right, but, but dry oatmeal. Like, So we have the individual little packets of oatmeal that are eaten for breakfast on occasion. And every once in a while, um, we buy a big box of them from Sam's Club. And they sit in the bottom of the uh, uh, the bottom of the pantry, and every once in a while I hear some rustling, and then I go out there, and there's my dog with a packet of dry oatmeal just chomping on it. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, how could that a taste good, and then b like she has to go drink like a gallon of water afterwards? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, no kidding. And it's not like I mean, granted, she is on a diet. She has got a little chunky, so we're trying to get her back to her lean, mean fighting weight, but not literally fighting, but her proper healthy weight. And she clearly is revolting against this diet. She's not a happy dog. Well, so anyway, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, this, that was IRL brought to you by Flux Deposed. Uh, back to board games. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, tangents are good. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, so we didn't, the wife and I didn't really sit down and play a board game. Uh, however, I did have my monthly Gloomhaven day on Saturday. Um, which was much needed, and we were all very excited because we leveled up uh, at the end of our last game, and we didn't um, fulfill that level up until we, until the, we just played. Uh, so that was nice to start the game uh, in in the town of Gloomhaven, leveling up. Um, what we did do, which is which is um, the game is becoming more and more uh, enjoyable. I would say we enjoyed it a lot when we started it. Um, but, you know, we're starting to get that feel like we're actually, we have a say of what's going on. So before we started, um, we had, before we even figured out what we were doing, we knew we had a side quest that was very far away, probably a high level. 
And then we had three other missions that we could choose from. But we also knew that one of those missions that we chose might eliminate a, a mission that, uh, that is available to us after mm -hmm. we do it um, for to not spoil anyone who might play Gloomhaven because I would hate to spoil such a long game like that, um, no matter how long we talk about it. Um, so we, we did our thing. We did our town event, and we were actually given another side quest. So then we had two side quests we could choose from, or three, we'll say, story missions. So um, we made our decision after dealing with some shady characters. I was... I wanted to go do something that would have helped my character specifically, um, but it wasn't smart for our group. So I was outvoted two to one on what to do. <laughs> well, I mean, smart versus fun, though. I mean, we're playing games. We should be having yeah. fun. And we have so much time to go. That's uh, right. So if we, I make one little early move, I'm sure we can recuperate. Um, so um, after we, we bought some gear, we upgraded. Uh, in this game... When you are attacking, you have a modifier deck. Um, whether I've, I'm not sure if I've said this before or not, but before you do an attack uh, and before the enemy attacks, every character has their own modifier deck. And in the modifier deck, you flip it over, and there are cards that either say uh, minus one, minus two, plus one, plus two, times two, or null. And that uh, that is your uh, attack bonus or modifier, if you will because it's a modifier deck. So one of the things that you can do as like you level up is when you unlock perks, um, you get to choose from your character sheet certain things. And a lot of them uh, are like, mine was like remove four plus zeros from your modifier deck, which is great because you're not drawing plus zeros. However, the less plus zeros you're drawing, the more likely you're drawing a minus one or minus two. Right. Or, or null. So uh, it's good if you, some characters will let you take out minuses. Some characters will let you add two pluses and add one minus. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can customize. So uh, we went through that. A couple of our guys took out some some modifiers, and we we you know we picked our quest. And sure thing, we did our we started our quest, and it immediately removed the option of going to a, a different location so i think that's interesting especially with like the legacy style theming of the game right where we're trying to make the best decisions i think for our characters first and morally second if that makes sense we right. still want to make moral decisions because that's just kind of how we play they definitely leave it open for doing immoral things like that's a role-playing game that's what makes it you know so unique um, so we went off and we did our quest and, and we handled it much um, better than in our previous place, which is good. Um, but because we leveled up, you also have to level up the bad guys you're fighting. Uh, and when you play, you can always you either fight the enemies at your level or one level below you. So our first game we played forever, we did level one bad guys as well. So then our second game, we play level zero bad guys because we got our butts handed to us. Um, so now we're level two and we were fighting level ones instead of level twos because we, we kind of ultimately decided it's more fun for, it's more, it's better for us to have fun for a game we want to sink this much time into than it is to necessarily play it on hard mode or, 
or normal mode, if you will, even. Do you think you would make a different decision if you were playing this maybe once a week rather than once a month? Yeah, if it was like once a week, you know, if it was like maybe one or two more players with us, uh, I think, yeah, because I wouldn't mind playing a mission again, like rethinking it strategically because of the, you know, you have more time to do it. So yeah, the way it is now, we look forward to playing, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, 30 days, sometimes more in between plays. So, you know, um, but yeah, uh, we succeeded. The treasure chest was in the second room, not the last room with the bosses. That was crazy. That never happens. Usually the treasure chest is behind the bosses. Right. Um, and we had two bosses, which was was the first time we've seen that. Uh, that was interesting as well. Um, yeah. And we just we unlocked some more stuff at the end. We're excited to see where our, our adventure takes us. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. That was Excellent. it, unfortunately. I didn't. Um, I got my Kickstarters in. Uh, I got Sprawlopolis um, came in. And I got Circle the Wagons with it as well. It's by Button Shy Games. They make wallet games, which literally oh, yeah. come in what looks like a wallet. Um, I've heard they're very good. I look forward to trying them, but I haven't been able to play them yet. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to report on those next week, or maybe we'll try to get a bigger game to the table, uh, actually two weeks. Awesome. So I've been playing a couple things on my tabletop. Um, I have one thing that I'm waiting on. I just got my notification that Spirits of the Forest is on Me its too. way. Yeah. Did you get so the deluxe edition? I did get the deluxe edition, yes. So that is on its <laughs> way. I should have that by next middle of night. I think next Wednesday is when it said I would get that by at the latest. So looking forward to getting that. But a Kickstarter I did recently get in and got to the table was the game called Rescue Polar Bears Data and Temperature. Now, the data and temperature part just basically means this is a tweak to an original game called Rescue Polar Bears. Um, they made some changes, added some um, parts to it, hence the data and temperature part. Um, this is designed by Zhang Kung and Huang Yi Ming. Um, and this game originally, I think, was only published, I believe the original version was only published in Japan. And then they came to the U.S. as a Kickstarter for this new version of it. And the game is a cooperative game, and it very much is what it sounds like it is. You are trying to rescue polar bears. This game very clearly has a stance on the way things are going in the globe and about whether or not, uh, you know, global climate change is a thing. Um, because it's very much in this game, you are playing scientists and researchers who are... Um, researching the temperature change, and as a result of that, also trying to rescue the polar bears whose habitat is going away. Actually, proceeds from this game goes to um, helping to rescue polar bears. So that's actually where some of the proceeds of purchasing this game go to. So if you want to feel a little bit good about it and want to rescue some polar bears, um, this is potentially a way you could do it, at least as part of the Kickstarter it did. I don't know if it would be if you bought it in stores. Um, but like I said, so how this game works is it's a modular board design. So you start off, I think there's 37, I think, or so hexes, and you start and you shuffle all of them together, and then you place them face down on the board, and then you flip them all over, and then anything that is a water tile you get rid of, that leaves you with the remaining um, ice that is there. And then based off of that, each piece of ice has a number on it, and then there's a chart that you use to determine how many polar bears you're going to put on each number. Kind of how you just start it up. And then every player has a boat 
for their that is their science vessel basically and each vessel has a different special ability so there's some asymmetrical play there and then depending on which boat you have you're typically going to have two maybe three actions that you're going to get to do on your turn basically you can move you can collect data or temperature information which is what you do to win if you collect enough of the data eventually you will win so you can move you can collect data you can rescue polar bears pretty much what you can do um the thing that's interesting about this game, though, that I find fascinating is it's not super complicated, but it definitely does a good job of instilling a sense of obligation and a sense of, oh, gosh, I really have to do something to save these polar bears before they melt, before the ice Theron melts, and they either have to escape to another piece of ice or potentially, if there's not enough room, fall into the water. And if they <laughs> fall into the water... You have, I think for a two-player game, it's six helicopters that if a polar bear falls into the water, a helicopter is dispatched to rescue that polar bear. But once you run out of helicopters, the game is over and you lose. So you have there's a sense of urgency all the time of trying to keep track of the polar bear population, how many of them are on each ice piece of ice. Um, and the way it all works is that at the beginning of each round, you randomly pick a piece of ice. There's a uh, set of tiles that you pull from that gives you the number of one of the pieces of ice. And at the end, so say that is piece five. Say the temperature, there's a temperature gauge in the game that either increases or decreases based off things you happen in the game, ice melting, things like that. Say the temperature gauge is at eight. Since that piece of ice is a five, at the end of your turn, that piece of ice is going to melt. So you have to figure out, okay, can I either A, lower the temperature enough on my turn that that piece will maybe not melt, or B, if it is going to melt, are there places for those polar bears to go? And if there aren't, then the question becomes C, what can I do to try to rescue the polar bears that are on that piece of ice in order for us to hopefully not use our helicopters, which means that we will eventually lose the game. So it's actually not hard, but there's always a sense of something I needed to be doing. There's always things to keep going. There's a, a large number of choices you get to make on your turn about how you use your actions. Um, like I said, you can move, uh, you can break ice is one of them, which the advantage to breaking ice is that it makes it easier to move across the board because since it's a random setup, you might have this big block of ice that's in the way that you have to go all the way around in order to rescue the polar bears. Or maybe if you break this one piece, then you can just cut kind of cut things in half, make your own Panama Canal, if you would, in the Arctic, um, and just go through and get to where you need to go. So there's a lot of interesting decisions to be made. Um, there's safety buoys that allow you to get cards that will help you potentially. Um, and you also have to, at the end of each turn, there are mama polar bears and daddy polar bears and baby polar bears. And if on a piece of ice, there's a mama polar bear and a daddy polar bear, there's going to be baby polar bears at the end of the turn. So then you have to figure out, do I have enough? But they still can only have three bears on a piece of ice, and they're going to have two babies. Oh, gosh, if they have two, where does that other one go? Is there another place of ice for them to go to? I really enjoy this game. I think it's pretty fun, actually. I'm having a good time with it. I think I definitely would want to play it with more than two people. I've only played it with two thus far. Um, it plays up to four. I I think playing with three or four might be fun. I think it might add some difference to it, especially since there's some different abilities depending on what ship you have. But if you're into cooperative games, um, if you're into ones that tell kind of... Ha they have. It's nice that this game has a very specific thing it's trying to teach about. And trying to learn about and yeah maybe you're somebody who's like you know what i don't believe in global climate change that's fine 
that if you don't believe in that, I would argue you're wrong, but that's fine. But I like the fact that this game is saying, like, look, we think this is a problem. This is something we want to educate people about. And we're going to do it in a game that's actually kind of fun. Like, it's a pretty good game that has some good in-depth strategy in it that's not super heavy, but it's also heavy enough that there's a lot of replay value to it. It's not one of those, oh, I played it one time. I learned something. I'm going to put this away and never play it again. It is a game you can play it multiple times. There's no always, at least in the few times I've played it, always right strategy and how to play it. Um, I've really enjoyed my time with it. I definitely would recommend Rescue Polar Bears data and temperature, especially if you're looking for um, a very unique themed game and you really enjoy cooperative games. I think it's a kind of, I don't want to say no brainer, but I think it's a pretty easy recommend. Nice. That was that was a Kickstarter. Is that like available? In the, I like, yeah. Um, I had got it through Kickstarter. I don't know if it is available elsewhere. Let me look right here. It looks like you can buy it from the game steward. Oh okay. no, they're all they're sold out. Never mind. Okay. But it will be. It will probably probably it looks, be available. It looks like it eventually would be available again. Yeah, because like I said, I'm pretty sure that um, when they did this, there was like some of the money went to. Um, a specific organization helping to save polar bears. Um, so, yeah, but though I don't see it anywhere for sale right now. But if you have the chance to play it, I would recommend it. I think it's really fun. The other game that I've been playing, like I said, I have actually been playing a significant number of games, which for me is pretty exciting. Um, and I'm going to put this in the board game area. So Magic the Gathering finally decided that they're going to upgrade their online client. Um, they have... MTGO or Magic the Gathering Online was the old client that they used for a long time. If you ever saw people streaming Magic on Twitch, that was likely what they were, how they were playing. Uh, it was really good in the sense of it played the rules of Magic pretty well, but it was really ugly to look at. It was really complicated to learn. Um, it wasn't the best. It was very archaic. Um, every, it just wasn't the best looking thing. It wasn't flashy. And then Hearthstone came out and made it look really bad. So finally, Magic has released it currently in beta, MTG Arena, which is basically their answer to putting Magic the Gathering into a format that looks and feels more similar to Hearthstone from a, from a style and presentation standpoint. Uh, the, all the complexity of Magic is still there. I think even like their Twitter advertisements talk about how play like now for the first time ever you can play like a real strategy like strategy card game it, it's just very interesting about kind of how they're marketing it um yeah. kind of taking shots at the other ones it seems like but as someone who played a lot of magic back in the day i was like you know what it's getting into a beta it's free they give you some decks to start i'm gonna go ahead and give this a whirl and i will say uh so far i'm pretty impressed i'm really enjoying my time with it they have done a good job of taking magic and putting it into a much more palatable format to play now with that being said, there are still some things that are a little odd about it. Magic is a very complex game when you get to higher levels. And how you stack, like, I still haven't totally perfected my ability to stack triggers appropriately to make sure I am, like, tapping the right amount of mana into, into spells that I can uh, you can add additional mana to in order to pump the effects or do extra damage or gain extra health or whatever it might be. Sometimes I accidentally do that wrong. Like, there are still mistakes that I'm making in the interface with it just because I haven't played it enough to totally grasp and grok exactly what you're supposed to do with it. But as far as an introduction to magic, the the intro that you go through, they take you through a basically a five-game set 
of teaching you kind of the different phases of the game, how instants work versus sorceries and all these good things, how combat works, how blocking works, and kind of take you through through five different games, get, teaching you the basics of all of those things. And then when you're done, you end with, I think it's five intro decks that you have um, that you can play with. And then they put you to play, though, then right after that, you go into matchmaking against random people. Um, that first time I played that, it didn't go super great because the person I was playing against, their deck was clearly superior to mine. At least it felt that way. They definitely have cards that I didn't. But I also didn't realize that they give you basically a set of wild cards, if you would, that basically all you need to do is go into your deck manager and say, like, you get, like, one mythic, like, two rare, like, five uncommon and, like, ten common cards of these wild cards that basically what you could do is you can just look up like the mythic rare that you want and just drag it from um, the card list into a deck. And then you can exchange that wild card. And then suddenly you own that card. You can't change it after that. So you gotta be really careful about the card you want, but they give you the ability to, if you know what color you're into, or if you know a deck that you kind of want to start building to towards, they give you the ability at least right away to kind of start down that path which is kind of nice and kind of cool that you don't have to spend any money. Um, they do, though, have picked up, which, you know, the things that you see from mobile games and also from things like Hearthstone, there are daily challenges, there are weekly challenges of, like, play, you know, X many games, win certain amount of games, and then when you do, you get gold, you can change that gold in for packs and use pa open those packs to get cards, or you can just buy them with money if you want to. So there definitely is a... Uh, obviously a, a way to spend money in the game already if you want to, even though it's technically only in beta. But I I'm really enjoying my time with it, and I think that this is something that would cause me to play Magic far more than I have in years. I don't know that I'll spend money in it. Maybe I will at some point. My um, <laughs> my wife was really worried when I said, hey, I'm playing some Magic again. And then she had a really long conversation with me about, you know, alcoholics <laughs> and alcoholism and how playing magic might be really similar to that in that I say I can just have a taste, but can I stop once I started? Um, and so far I have. I've stopped very fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, there's some worries there because I spent a lot of money on magic when I was playing a lot of magic. But um, if you're interested in the game or you have any interest in magic at all, I think MTG Arena, which I said, you can download the beta client for free on PC. I think it's a really cool way to kind of get in and see if the game is for you. It's definitely more complicated than like a Hearthstone. Uh, but if you want to kind of see, you know, the original Richard Garfield, Garfield card game that kind of started the whole craze, I think is a really pretty good way overall to get in. The sound effects and some of that stuff is a little over the top, but overall, I think is a pretty easy recommend and a way I am enjoying getting back into magic at least. So, hey, that's been a lot about board games for me. Josh, what have you been playing on your television? Well, that hasn't, but that wasn't too much about board games. Don't be so hard on yourself. That was a good amount. <laughs> um, for me, for, for video games, that's a good question. I'm going to sip a water real quick, though. <clears throat> I don't know if I mentioned last week. <clears throat> um, I did finally beat the, my first boss in Dead Cells. I know I'm far behind the pack in Dead Cells as far as that goes. Um, but I just haven't been able to get the right equipment uh, to to like work off each other well. So I finally got my frost blast, and I was able to do some real work on the boss. Um, I know you. I think because nice. you had asked for like recommendations on how to beat the first yeah. boss, right? Did the yeah. stuff that I had said did that help? Well, you gave me a lot of info, and my brain needed. 
a little info. So, I mean, it All helped. Right. It definitely gave me a clear idea of what I should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did help. Um, but I t- it was a lot to take in because I was just like, uh, I wasn't even thinking about the broader like, scheme of it. Like having to pair off these items against each other and making sure your traps and turrets, like that's like a lot more depth is in the game if you take a second to think about it. Well, um, we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Split got the platinum in that thing. <clears throat> that's crazy. I know. I mean, that's he's, very he's impressive. Died with over a hundred cells. I can't even imagine having a yeah. hundred cells on me. Yeah. Um, I, and I think he did it out. Like, I think he did it on purpose <clears throat> just to get the trophy. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Because <laughs> like I, I am like when you need the first boss, you unlock this thing where you can like dump in a bunch of souls into these like huge thousand, three thousand things, and I'm like, they make you put cells into it right away. You can't not do it. So I just have like 25 cells sitting in a thousand thing that I'm never gonna fill. You'll <laughs> like, get I there. Use them on a weapon. <laughs> I have faith in you. You'll get there, Josh. You'll get there. Yeah. Well, the good news is it's something I can just sit down and play at night when I'm sitting in bed. So I, I will continuously play it. I really do enjoy the game. Um, I did try the Tales of Dragalia. I want to say it's called mm-hmm. the Nintendo RPG that came out on uh, iPhone. I know it hasn't come out on Android yet. Um, I only did the intro. Um, it's like chibi animation, but it has vo- good voice acting. The music is good, and um, the the combat's catchy. It's not. It's touch screen. Uh, it's not more. It's less RPG, more Bastion um, combat wise. So I thought that was pretty nice. A nice change. I really like Bastion, uh, so now I'm suddenly far more interested in this. Yeah, the combat system isn't like an RPG system. It's like um, like the Bastion system. I'm trying to think of another game to compare it with. There's plenty. Just the only thing that's coming to mind is Bastion. Probably because it's like cartoony also. Mm. Um, so um, those are things I did. I just forgot to mention last week. Um, I'm still playing Tomb Raider, but this morning I woke up with a problem. Uh-oh. The problem, the problem I woke up with was, what do I play today? <laughs> There's a lot of things to play today. And I feel like this is going to be my problem for like the next three months. Yeah, it is. Maybe longer. Um, so <clears throat> I had to fight with the little guy to go lay down. So I, I got him to take a nap for like an hour, no, like two hours, an hour and a half, hour and a half. So I, so I should say, so today um, we were able to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey early mm-hmm. access for the crazy fancy special edition. Well, not the crazy one, but one. Uh, of them. Yeah, not the super expensive <laughs> one, the middle, um, well, the yeah. two-thirds expensive one or however it's it is. The next level up from the base game. Um, and then Forza Horizon 4 dropped today on Game Pass as well as some other games, but I didn't bother looking at those um, because I already had enough to play. I didn't want to need to add more to that list. <clears throat> so ultimately I decided uh, I'm going to take a little time from Tomb Raider off. Uh, not that I'm not enjoying the game, but it's probably, uh, I played enough of it to know that I want to spend more time in Forza and Assassin's Creed right now. Or at least I thought, you know, like I didn't try any of the games yet, so I couldn't. I didn't want to make that decision yet. Uh, so I started with Forza. Um, I figured I would do the intro because I already know the intro from the demo and you have to get through it. 
Um, and we have a Make Us Better club in Forza. So I wanted to get to the point where I could unlock that and join the club. So I did my opening. Uh, it's, it's just as great as the demo was. Um, and then as soon as you finish that, they throw you right in the game. It remembered my name from the first, from Forza Horizon 3. Um, they actually say your name in the game, like the character says Josh, or I would say Kyle, um, or whatever you want them to call you. Um, so she's like, hey, Josh, welcome back. And I got some rewards for playing all the previous Forza games, which was nice. I only got one car, but I got a bunch of like T-shirts. Uh, and this is a change from the last Forza. You can now, um, you pick like a, a base character look uh, who are all very well detailed it's surprising for a racing game that they're giving you very high detailed characters um and then after you pick your character who you can kind of make look a little bit like you um you get to like basically customize your character outfit clothing all that kind of stuff which was not in forza Horizon 3 uh they also added like emotes so like dance stuff from like like fortnite it's just it's funny to have it's just you can pick like a taunt and you can pick a win dance. So you can pick some pretty silly things for when you get first place. It's it's kind of comical watching yourself dance next to your car while two people sulk behind you in second and third place. Um, everything is bright. Everything is vivid. Everything is in your face, uh, which I like a lot. And I'm not even talking about like the racing aspect, the game world. I'm talking about after you complete an event, they take you through this huge, like, thing, like, it's part of the Forza Festival, but, like, you have this huge, giant board behind you in your car, and you see your leveling progress, you see the level, the car, you see all your credits you're earning, uh, the more you earn, you can spin wheels, and you can unlock cars, and credits, and emotes, and, and all these kinds of things, um, so even that stuff is improved over Forza Horizon 3, like already. But I tell you, I can tell you the game is beautiful forever. It, it's You kind of get sick of hearing it, right? Unless you experience it. But the game is beautiful. I had a moment when I was playing the game, and I'm not exaggerating because of my love for Forza, but in doing a race and they have these things like stunts that you can do where they have jumps. And I hit this jump and I, f I got like a weird vertigo feeling as the car was like so far up. As soon as it tilted down, I felt really bizarre sitting. First time that's like ever happened to me. It was very odd, um, but it was like <laughs> satisfying. It was really interesting. So what you're saying to... is you got motion sick playing Forza. For a second, I think so. I wasn't able to duplicate it though. I tried it again. <laughs> I think it was just a weird fluky thing. Um, they have a thing where you... Uh, are doing stunts for a movie, which mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. Um, and like the second one you do, you're riding in like one of those old bullet cars and they're like a hundred years old. And the guy's like the movie director's telling you like, don't crash it. And you have like a damage meter you can't hit. I raced a hovercraft. That was awesome. Huge hovercraft, like seven times the size of my car. Um, and one of the, so one of the things that they, I didn't really experience in the demo that really caught me, I shouldn't say by surprise because they've been promoting it, but it caught, it, it did catch me by surprise. They, they focus on seasons, obviously. This is part of their marketing campaign. 
when you start the game, it's in summer. They're asking you to do a couple of races and you're trying to get enough credit, uh, enough um, reputation to move into autumn. And you do like a race event. That's where the Hovercraft was. After you do that, you're now in autumn. You're trying to get to winter, which I just got to. And they they ask you, they tell you to go do another race. You go back to the same racetrack that you did in summer. And it is remarkably different the way that your car controls. So in the fall, they focus more on leaves on the ground, mud, and puddles. And doing that on like a dry track in the summer to the autumn was incredible how how much they can make you feel that it's different and it was it was a blast i loved it um so i can't wait to get more time into it um all that i did within a couple hours maybe two hours uh so that was a blast and then i booted up assassin's creed odyssey and i was like let me do the same thing let me get past the intro um I messaged Kyle last night because I wanted to because we're both playing it. I wanted to um, like play opposite what he's playing. Like if he plays the sister, I'll play the brother. Did you start the game at all? I have not, and I'm going to explain why I haven't when I get to me talking okay. about my games. Well, I'm I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm just going to say I ended up choosing the sister anyways because it felt right in the narrative. Okay, um, I've also heard know. that her voice acting is just way better. Okay, well, you, you wouldn't, you don't get to know that right away. Right. You kind of have to make a blind decision, and I had planned on picking the brother, but um, for me and my my history with Assassin's Creed, I like to follow the narrative as much as possible, and this is really the first time I've had to make a choice to follow it. Usually, they you kind of just naturally follow that the narrative. Um, so you'll see when you play why maybe why I did, but we can talk about it next week if. Uh, about why I chose it, but I chose the sister. I did the opening of the game. I won't spoil anything. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I'm not Polygon telling you that it picks up after 15 hours. Yeah, I just saw that. Um, who, who are these people writing this review? Um, uh, but it it it, uh, it looks incredible again, um, like like um, Origins, but I would say much better. Than Origins. Hmm. All right. Um, and specifically in the character animations. Um, while they were fine um, for Origins, they definitely looked great in the cinematic portions. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, they look great all the time. Um, none of the weird, like, chalk face people that, like, are all of a sudden, like, in the background and stuff. I didn't see any of that. Obviously, it's I didn't spend so much time. Right. Um, but... So I did the opening, um, and then I picked up Forza again, and then uh, my son woke up. So I I grabbed him. It was it was just about time for for me to get ready for work. So I sat him down on the couch. He loves cars. I handed him. I grabbed my other Xbox controller and I took the battery out, and I handed him the Xbox controller. And he sat down next to me, and he was. Kirst kept going, car, car, and he was like moving the controller around, and that lasted for 10 minutes, and then I had to stop because he doesn't sit still. But, hey, 10 uh, minutes is pretty impressive. 10 minutes was great. I got to get a race finished, <laughs> although he kept reaching for my controller, and he likes to hit the glowing Xbox button in the middle mm-hmm. of the controller, which right. is terrible. <laughs> you mean the thing that's way more distracting than the light bar on the PS4 controller, even though everybody complains about the DualShock? You're right. It is more distracting if you're way more distracting. 
But if you're looking, if you're my son and you're looking forward at daddy playing on the PlayStation, the PlayStation controller is way more distracting. (laughs) But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, I'll have a lot more to say next week on probably both of these games. Um, But it's a great time to have a problem of too many games. It is. Uh, Really quick question for you. So I'm definitely going to play Forza just because obviously Game Pass. Uh, I don't like racing games. I never have, and this isn't a fanboy thing. Like I don't, I don't like Gran Turismo either. Uh, am I gonna, am I gonna like Forza? I don't. I hate to be the guy who keeps saying it. Like, I think I don't know. I mean, I don't love racing games either. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy like Burnout? No. You didn't even enjoy Burnout or like Need for no, Speed. No, I don't like if I have to if I have to drive in a game, I'm sad. Like if there's an open world game, they're like, oh, get in a car and drive to a place. I'm like, I'm good, thanks. So then. <laughs> you might not enjoy it, and it's okay if you don't. Um, but the per I think doing that opening, the thing that was in the demo, just the mm-hmm. opening thing where they take you through the seasons, that will tell you. You don't have to spend more time with the game. If you don't like that, then that's good for you to know that. Okay, cool. But I yeah. you know it's something like just spend 20 minutes with the game, and then you can, like, if it was me and I was you, I'd be like, 20 minutes, man, I don't like it. Good. I don't have to worry about liking it now. Right. Man, I can focus on these other games. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I'm definitely going to play it. I just, it's not as pressing for me just because I know that racing games have never been my jam. So, well, just remember, I did try Ratchet and Clank for you and our listeners. Yep. No, I'm going to try it. I'm definitely <laughs> going to try it. So, the fact that you don't like Ratchet and Clank still hurts my heart. But hey, I know cool. the fact that you don't like racing games hurts my heart. You just <laughs> said you don't like racing games. Specifically, only Forza. <laughs> I was like, I've never actually played a Forza game, so maybe I'll like Forza. We'll find out. So, all right. So, have you been playing anything else other than those things? No, just my Marvel Strike Force on my phone. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so, for me, for video games, I've actually been playing kind of a lot. So, I'll kind of go through them relatively quickly, though, because I don't have too much to say about any of them. Uh, I want to say that I finished Overcooked 2 and getting three stars on all the levels and all of the Kevin levels. So, everything three-starred, done. Wow. I know. Pretty proud of that. Um, pretty stoked about it. Have to go finish up a few things to get the platinum trophy, but that'll be someday when I have a half an hour. I just need to throw 500 items. I'll just start a level and just throw stuff. Um, so just the, those silly trophies to finish up to get the platinum. So that is done. I have also finished Spider-Man. That game is Yay. complete. Um, I do not quite have the platinum done on that yet. I'm at like 93 or 94%. Um, and that is the reason I did not start Assassin's Creed. Because I'm worried if I start Assassin's Creed, I will never finish this Platinum. And I really want to finish this Platinum. So I'm just going to, this relates to Splink's question later, I'm just going to finish Spider-Man with this Platinum, and then I will start Assassin's Creed. But are you going to jump into Black Hat DLC? Eventually, yes. But like, it, de- it depends. <laughs> I, I understand that. But I also probably might just, I don't know what it's all going to be in that. You know? I know, I know. Like, okay, as a small side thing, uh, I love... Despite, you know, despite some people on our Discord, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. If you ever watch video things, you can see behind me that I love Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I bought the Frozen Wilds. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, me neither. So I have the Spider-Man <laughs> DLC. I don't know what I'm going to play. Not because I don't love the game, but just because there's so many things to play. So anyway, 
Overcooked 2 checked off the list. Spider-Man 2 checked off the list. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man checked off the list other than Platinum Trophies, which I want to finish up for both of those. Um, one game that we have that we got a review code for, so let me disclose that ahead of time. We got a review code for it. It's a game called Hover. I have only played about an hour of it, so I'm That's not... That's a lot of time to spend with that game. <laughs> I am not ready to fully give a review about the game yet because uh, I want to make sure I have more time with it before I give my impressions on it um, because I want to be very specific about how I, I feel and how um, my feedback about it, since we were given a review code from the publisher, I want to do the due justice of making sure that I'm giving them good, solid, thought-provoking feedback when so I So are you it. not going to say any more on it? Uh, I'm not going to say much more on it. I, I think conceptually it's very interesting. I appreciate what they're trying to do. I think that the art direction that they're going for has some good potential. I think this is a game of a lot of potential. Um, okay. There's definitely some challenges there, and there have definitely been a few frustrations when playing. The game is full of challenges. There are uh, running it, challenges. It is. <laughs> there are a lot of challenges. Um, so yeah, so we'll talk about that more in a couple of weeks once I've been able to put more time in it. Um, but just be on the lookout for that. Um, other things that I have been playing, uh, if you are a member of our Discord, if you're not, you should be. But like a week ago, week and a half ago, something... Um, the Nintendo Discord was blowing up about this game called Debris Infinity, which is a $5 game on the eShop. Um, so Donnie tagged you and I specifically both in it, talking about how great this game was. Uh, have you checked it out? Did you look at it at all or no? I saw the, the trailer for it. Um, and that's it. Okay. I, I get why <clears throat> I get why we were tagged, um, yeah. but I didn't buy it. Gotcha. It was five bucks, so I I went for it. I was like, five dollars, fine. I'll give it a shot. Um, A lot of people are like, it's Geometry Wars on Switch. Uh, It's kind, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't know if I would draw that comparison. I think Geometry Wars is definitely a better game. Not that this game is bad. Um, This game is just very concise in what you are doing is that it is one screen. Um, It is a basically a twin stick shooter. You are a little ship. You are flying around on the screen, shooting all the debris, trying not to lose your shield, um, you have a special ability you can use like three times that just blows everything up on the screen. You have another special ability that can slow things down while you move to see so that you can navigate a little more fluidly. Once you have lost all of your shield and die, that is it. The game is over. It takes three to five minutes. Uh, you get a high score. And then it tells you where you rank, you know, in the world. And it gives you um, all-time leaderboards and weekly leaderboards. And every time you start the game, when the game first boots up, it counts down. And I mean, you can skip it, but it shows you the top 10 people in the world. Huh. So it's very, very geared towards score chase, high score chasing. Um, the first couple of times I played it, I played it handheld. And I wasn't super impressed. I was like, eh, I don't know if I really like this game. And then I did the thing that I almost never do. And I played it docked with my pro controller. And just reiterates how crappy the Joy-Cons are. Um, because my score went up like sixfold, eightfold, and I went from like really, really bad to like 250th in the world or something like that. Um, which not that that's super impressive because my score still wasn't all that great. Um, uh, but I thought for literally my first time playing it that way, that, that was like the third time I'd ever played the game. I was pretty happy with that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a cool game, but I think it's easily worth the five dollars. There's two other modes that I haven't played yet, but I think if you're looking for a game that you literally can sit down and play in three to five minute increments, I think because of that, it works well for the Switch. It just the problem is it doesn't work well in handheld mode because the Joy Cons mm-hmm. aren't accurate enough. So that's my frustration with it is I want to be able to sit down in bed and play this game, 
And but literally, it was something like eight times higher than my score was the first time I played it using the Pro Controller, and I hadn't played it in like three days. I was like, well, that's I wanna, crazy. Yeah, I was like, well, I want to play it for the podcast one more time at least. At least have tried it this way. Um, and yeah, it was like night and day. So they made the, they made the Joy Con so they could simulate ice cubes falling in a glass of water, but they can't nail down the accuracy for games like that well that's and i think that, well and the joy cons do a lot of cool things and that's the thing is like they do a lot of really awesome things and they work really well for some games i just yeah. think for things like celeste and for this like for really games that are really matter precise controls matter a lot i just don't think the joy cons are up to stuff enough um that's just my opinion on it i know others disagree with me and that's fine i i just really don't think they do they cut the mustard um for this style of a game but like i said it's still a fun game i I mean that's not the game's fault by any means uh the other game then that i started um you know a lot of people this week talking about forza coming out a lot of people talking about assassin's creed coming out the one game that i've mentioned multiple times on multiple shows and i've been talking about for a really long time i was really excited that astrobot rescue mission for psvr was coming out this week it's a game i've been looking forward to since it was first announced um this is based off of when the psvr first came out there was a demo disc that came out for it um and astrobot was one of the games it was just kind of like a tech demo on that demo disc that was um an opportunity for you to kind of try out and see what psvr could do that tech demo and that little uh, activity um, was really fun it was a ton of fun to play it was probably the best thing or one of the best things definitely on that demo disc um and so when they announced that this was coming out as a full game i was really excited about it i thought it was going to be great i was looking forward to it um it was something that I had on my you know pickup list right away 40 dollars game i was like okay not too bad um and right now as we all know i'm not a huge fan necessarily of metacritic this game is sitting at a 90 on metacritic from 15 professional reviews uh the lowest score I think it has is a 75 from Destructoid, um, but it has multiple like 10 out of 10s. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, I've only played an hour of it. This game is great. It is really, really good. This is one of those games that if you, if Nintendo had VR, this would easily be the Mario game in VR. Like this game is that good. Huh. Like how you interact with the environments, how you do everything, like this game is just so much fun to play. And it's a third person platformer in VR, which right away when you hear third person in VR, most people like shake their head. I actually tend to prefer third person VR games. Moss was the same way that I really enjoyed. Um, but this game is spectacular. You're your little astrobot. You have to, you're playing these little levels. You have to collect um, basically at the beginning of the game, your little ship gets destroyed by this big monster and uh, your all of your Astrobot crew gets spread out to all these different planets. So you have to go rescue all the little Astrobots. And on each level, there's like eight Astrobots to rescue. Um, it's just platforming levels. That's all that they are. But they do a really cool way of in- integrating VR into it that you're standing up, you're sitting down, you're looking around corners, you're bending over and looking down things, you're looking up behind things. Like it really encourages you to... Use VR and, and your field of view in VR to your advantage. Like the, one of the levels, like I looked behind me to start and then I was like, that looks really suspicious back there. So we ran back there, me and my little Astrobot buddy. And we, you know, we did some stuff. We rescued one and then we came back and went down the level the way we're supposed to. Uh, this game is great. I'm enjoying it so, so much. Um, and the, another reason I didn't want to start Assassin's Creed is I wanted to play this game first because I know it's not very long, probably only about five hours total, which... For VR games, I know that's one of the knocks against them, that there's not a lot of super deep 
long experiences, but I've never been disappointed in the length of my the VR games that I've played. Like, you know, at five hours, there's still a lot of content here. There's five different worlds, um, each have multiple levels on it. And then I think there's like another 25 or 30 challenge levels that you can do in addition to those ones, you know, and it's also trying, can you actually find all of the eight robots on each level? So there's some replay there, has really big, awesome boss fights at the end of each world that I'm really looking forward to doing. So, you know, as a sleeper game, as a game that maybe not a lot of people are going to get the opportunity to play, um, I'm really enjoying my time with this game. I'm really happy that I picked it up. I'm really happy that uh, Studio Japan decided to make this game. And I'll be honest, I think this game is easily going to make my top five games of the year at this point. If it keeps up with what it's done so far for the hour that I've played it, um, I think this is easily going to be a top five game of the year for me, without a doubt. So that is all the stuff we've been playing. Josh, wow, we talked about a ton of things and all that awesome stuff that we've been playing. But hey, should we move on to the topic of the show? I think that's the next logical step. (laughs) awesome well hey you know october is the month of all things spooky so we figured we'd take just a few minutes today and take and talk about some of the favorite spooky games that we have played on the table and or the television and we might throw a movie or tv show in there too just for good fun so josh with that what are some of the favorite spooky games that you would recommend people play this october so um you wrote down some games a lot of them i well all of them i agree with um i thought one of the the games i was thinking of if you want to play a game that you don't that doesn't take itself too seriously but it's like intended for like a spooky game um the game that i always think of that i still own uh, used to be called nightmare and now it's called atmosphere um and it's a dvd game and the goal like realistically what you do is you're playing as these ghosts like um or like famous um ghosts or famous terrible people Uh, like um i could name the people but i probably named them wrong and you probably wouldn't know who they were um but they're all like famously terrible people or ghosts and what you're doing is you have a game board in front of you uh, you put the, they tell you to sit right in front of the TV because really the only light you need or the only light you're supposed to use is the light from the TV. So oh, you that's turn the cool. lights, yeah, you turn the lights off, you play the DVD and then you get like this like creepy music in the background. And then you have this guy who plays the gatekeeper and he pops up and it's this guy, uh, wearing makeup and he's like cloaked over and he has like, uh, like this ghoulish face and he basically he makes demands of you and he tells you like this is what you're going to do while you play this is what's going to happen and then when he goes away just a timer is ticking down on the screen and you don't know when he's going to pop back up but he just pops back up in the middle of the screen and he'll be like boo did I scare you or something oh, like and you have to respond um when, you, when he asks you a question, he'll ask your character name a question. And if you don't respond, yes, my gatekeeper, or no, my gatekeeper, your opponent's going to, like, rat on you, and you have to, like, lose a turn and move back spaces if you don't do it quick enough. Wow. Each time, each time he keeps coming back, he is getting more and more decrepit, and his face is, like, oozing, and he's losing pieces of flesh. And it's like a race to get around this board. And I think you're collecting keys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you're just rolling dice. One of my brother's favorite things to do uh, 
as he gets his dice and he says six, 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 as he rolls his dice to try to roll sixes. Uh, and it's scary how often he would roll sixes, double sixes. Um, it's a really fun game if you can if you don't take it too seriously. It's kind of corny. The gatekeeper is kind of cheesy. Um, you, the version I have, you're probably not going to be able to find, but. Um, just uh, about a month ago, I found there was a copy in Savers on the shelf. Oh. Um, I think you can still get it on Amazon. I can probably check, as I say. Um, but it's called Atmosphere, and it's spelled F-E-A-R at the end, not the way you would think it's spelled. Um, but it's a great family-ish um, game because I, I, don't, I don't know the age range for like who should be playing it. Um, sorry, Amazon likes to throw in like, didn't you mean Amazon Echo Dot? Is that what you were searching for? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why did you pull that up? Yeah, so it's uh, the version I have is $173 on Amazon. <laughs> so wow, that's that's a little expensive. I don't think you're going to be able to buy it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, well, they- I, I should have bought that one on the Goodwills <laughs> also and sold it. <laughs> Oh, man. It has a very stellar uh, 5.5 rating up board game geek atmosphere the DVD board game does. Yeah. That's four out of five stars in Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, board game geek is probably looking more at quality of the actual gameplay, whereas it looks like for you it's more of a fun event that you do with your family. Yes. It's definitely something my my cousins found out I still had, and they wanted to come over and play it some night. Um, so yeah, it's a fun game. Uh, so I recommend that. And a, a Ouija board is a good old thing just to throw in for Halloween. Does that count as a board game? I think it does. I think it does. Oh man, I had completely <laughs> forgot about a Ouija board. There's even the movie Ouija, and I still forgot about it. <laughs> man, any other what board are, games that you'd recommend, sir? I mean, I have more. We can probably talk about some of the ones on your list if you want to go over. Yeah, some of yours. So I just listed off a few here. Um, some of these are games we've talked about in the past on the show. Others are going to be kind of a little bit newer, or maybe talk about a little bit less. Uh, for board games, Big Book of Madness, I think, is a great game for the Halloween season. If you're into less scary games, but more spooky, atmospheric things, I think that game fits really well. Um, if you have people who maybe like a lighter side of Halloween and not a scary side of Halloween, I think Big Book of Madness is a good fit there. Um, I feel like you enjoy that game as well, right? Yes, it's still very difficult, but we do enjoy it. Yeah, it is a challenging game, um, but the art in it, I think, is really good. It definitely has that feeling of you know kind of the creepy ghouly things that you get to fight and, and and go again so i really enjoy that game and i think it fits october well it's a quick side note that harry potter game rpg that got leaked looks pretty amazing so hopefully that's true it has to be there's so much production quality in it, it I mean, has to bro, be real. that'd be that'd be a really impressive fake if that was fake yeah um but yeah because for those of you who don't know there was some you know harry potter rpg Video was apparently leaked of some test screenings that they were doing or some test footage that they were sharing. And um, it sounds like probably being developed by Avalanche, the Disney Infinity people, Avalanche, not Avalanche, uh, Just Cause people. So, 
yeah. Anyway, back to this. Back to spooky <laughs> games. Um, I'm just really excited about the possibility of that big Harry Potter RPG I've always wanted. Um, Elder Sign, another great game. Um, another cooperative game, just like Big Book of Madness. Um, a little more creepy other side, um, kind of fitting in with that Cthulhu universe of where you see a lot of those fantasy flight games. Um, but pretty. The reason I like this one a lot is it's pretty simple. Um, and the, compared to you know the other games for Fantasy Flight that are going to be. In that Cthulhu realm, this is for something, if you have people who haven't played a ton of board games, I think it's easy to teach, it's easy to learn, still definitely has that um, spooky feeling though, and it's kind of always that sense of dread. Um, so I'm a big fi- fan of Elder Sign. I think that, you know, the variable setup to it and the different rooms all the time and the different monsters that you are trying to prevent from coming back is always fun. Um, have you played Elder Sign at all? I haven't. It's on my wish list gotcha so pretty great right i think it's a pretty great option as far as that goes uh, a couple games that are pretty similar fury of dracula and or letters from Whitechapel. for me it's just kind of more of a which theme do you prefer um, both of these are hidden movement games where you're trying to find either dracula or uh, jack the ripper so it kind of depends on which theming you want to go with there i prefer letters from Whitechapel just because i think i don't want to say jack the ripper is cooler because that doesn't <laughs> sound good at all uh I just prefer that style of game or, or that type of uh, murder mystery over trying to find Dracula. It's just not as much my thing. Um, so I enjoy hidden movement games. Though, so I think either one of those are going to work well. And then, of course, you know, the old standby for me is Dead of Winter because it's October. It's chilly. So and it might even snow, maybe. And there's zombies. And that's scary. So I think Dead of Winter is another excellent, excellent board game for the spooky month of October. Mm. Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, still one of my favorite games and definitely better around the holiday, uh, the Halloween season. For sure. Um, Mansions of Madness is a definite win um, in that category as well. And if you're thinking family stuff, you can always throw in some Potion Explosion or Harry Potter deck building game because uh, it's definitely around the wizardy and witchy theme. Absolutely. Uh, what about some video games that you enjoy or would recommend, sir? I mean, Until Dawn is probably my favorite scary game I've probably ever played that I can Yeah, it's pretty of. good. Um, um, I'm trying not to pick what you have because it's right in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, the original Condemned on the Xbox 360, I would consider a scary game. Uh, definitely like felt like a Resident Evil-ish style game. Um, so that was fun. It was Condemned Criminal Origin. Um, obviously, the Resident Evil series, Resident Evil 7 is a terrifying game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be a great time for people to pick that up. I'm pretty sure it's constantly on sale. Um, any of the Silent Hills, um, they don't hold up super great. Um, but if you can get like the latest ones, they they hold up okay. Um, I really wish we had a new Silent Hill. I know. Well, well, you know, like, uh, thing that almost was. Yeah, I like if we had a fully fleshed out Silent Hill, um, I think that would be great. Um, just to have, like, it's a part. It's an important part of video game history. Um, but eh, whatever. What can I? What can I do? I'll just reminisce. Um, yeah, and then you have a bunch that I would also list. Yeah, so, you know, like you said, Until Dawn, I think is just an exceptional thing if you've never played it and you have a PlayStation 4. I think it is one of those must-play games on the system. Um, really great storytelling, uh, really interesting way about, like, basically, pr- literally everyone in the game that you play as can live and or die. 
um, in any combination, yeah. which is pretty amazing. And it's pretty seamless. Sometimes it's the smallest thing that makes the biggest difference. Um, Outlast, the first Outlast is a game that I never played the second one because the first one freaked me out too much. Um, <laughs> but I actually got to a point in Outlast. I used to really, really enjoy scary games uh, back in the day. You know, the Resident Evils, the Silent Hills, like all of those. And I hadn't played any of that style of game in a while. So when Outlast came out, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to get back into this genre. It's going to be awesome. And there was literally a point in Outlast um, where I just said, I'm, I'm just done. I had to go downstairs in the basement and all the lights were off. And I just looked at the screen and I was like, nope, not doing this. Definitely not doing this. Like, I'm just done. Like, I'm not, this isn't going to happen. But I loved being scared up until that point. Um yeah. So I think it's definitely worth it. One creepy series that I really love and I hope that we have come back, which I know that um, Remedy has said they want to make more of is Alan Wake. I love the Alan Wake games. I think they're excellent games on Xbox. Um, definitely recommend those. And then, you know, the thing we've alluded to a little bit uh, is PT. If you still have an, a PlayStation that has PT on it, um, I think that is something that is definitely uh, a must play. Mine still has it. So I maybe will play it this year just because. Do I have access to that? Uh, you might, yeah. I, I guess we'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know that I have the testicular fortitude to play that game. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, because I, I still have it. I still have it on mine. Um, so, yeah, so PT. And then, on honestly, almost anything in VR. VR as a – if you have a VR system, like, I have gotten scared in VR in not scary games because the scope and scale of everything is so – freaks you out so much i mean one of the scariest moments i ever had in vr was actually playing robinson the journey which isn't a scary game there's nothing scary about robinson the journey uh but in the game you have basically a pet dinosaur and i was you know walking along doing my thing and i turned around in the game to do something and my dinosaur was like right there in my face and it scared the crap out of me (laughs) so as a result of that basically anything in vr um especially if you play scary games in vr they are absolutely terrifying. So if you have anything there, I would highly recommend checking it out if you want to be spooked this October. Uh, before we go to listener questions and work towards you know, wrapping this up, is there a television show, a movie, or anything like that that you'd recommend for the spooky month of October that you enjoy, Josh? There's a movie that I'm really fond of that not a lot of people know about. Um, it's called The Final Girls. Uh, not The Final Girl. There's also a movie called The Final Girl with uh, Abigail Breslin. Um, but the final girls. So it has Adam Devine um, from Workaholics. It has Thomas Middleditch from um, Silicon Valley um, and Malin Ackerman and, and Vera Farmiga's sister or daughter. I can't remember. Um, it's kind of a comedy. It also has Nina Dobrev in it. Um, it's like a comedy hacker slasher movie. It's incredibly charming and it basically sets like these nowadays teens into a world of a, a slasher movie where there's like a Jason killer and they're living in this world and they're trying to escape. And, and it's, it's very tongue in cheek. It's very funny. Like Dale and Tucker versus evil, uh, things like that. Um, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites in the category. Um, I, if you look on Twitter, I was kind of tweeting with Donnie yesterday. I'm a big horror movie fan, so I pulled out my horror movie collection just on my Blu-rays. I have about 70 horror movies in my DVD collection that is packed away in my, my son's closet that I can't get to. <laughs> um, 
the cabin in the woods is an, is another tongue-in-cheek funny horror movie um but if we want to talk about like horror movies like the descent is a must watch if you've never seen it um, on your list i'm still i'm stealing it from you but like it follows is one of my favorite new horror movies like it's a it's a whole new genre on its own mm-hmm. it's a movie that it scares you without showing you anything essentially it is a terrifying i mean they do but right it's a terrifying movie um yeah with the way that movie starts you think it's going to be very different yes it doesn't it doesn't roll like the way it ends yeah (laughs) well because like when it starts it's actually there's a pretty gruesome part right at the beginning and then it really doesn't happen much the rest of the movie so very interesting so they get you i think they get you on your toes the whole movie and and that's part of the scare. Um, but it's a good psychological thriller horror movie. Uh, there was a movie called The Void on Netflix that Jason, Lacey, and Donnie got me watching, which was very good. It's a good creature movie. Um, I could go on and on, um, but you have some good ones too that that I would also include in my list. Awesome. Uh, really quick side note uh, for The Final Girls. I actually never saw that movie, but I remember it because when I... I live in Iowa, you know, and in Iowa, we still have video rental stores. Um, And that movie was when I was working there was one of the movies that was on the shelf that people could rent. And it was actually rented very regularly because the store I worked in uh, was in Waterloo, Iowa. Adam Devine, originally from Waterloo, Iowa. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there you go. Small, small world. Anyway. um, Yeah. So some of the things I'm not as much into horror movies as I used to be. I used to like them. I now much prefer suspense. Like I can't handle gore very well anymore. I just think I'm getting too old. It's too soft (laughs) in my age. Like I I just don't appreciate it. Uh, But I do enjoy a good suspense movie, which like I said, why I really enjoy it follows is there's a little bit of violence in there, but, or some gore, but not too bad. Um, Same with get out. I think get out is a, an excellent just film um, I think it's really too bad that, you know, from an Academy perspective that people look down on it too much because it was just a quote unquote uh, horror movie. But I think Get Out is excellent. Something that should definitely be checked out. Um, something that is a little more a little more gory potentially, but Train to Busan, I think, is an excellent movie. Um, I think it was I know it was available on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, um, but that's definitely something to check out if you're into zombies. I think that's a great probably not as known zombie movie um cabin in the woods i think is a classic because i think it's both funny and scary which so does a really good mix there of that i still enjoy the original scream and i think it's just because of the age that i was when that movie came out like it has a soft spot in my heart um so i really enjoy it and i'm a big fan of a lot of the late 70s early 80s horror movies and the one that i'm choosing to recommend to that's going to cover all that to me is the original halloween I love the original Halloween and by today's standards, that movie isn't very scary at all anymore when you watch it, but I just really like the concept of it, everything put together, the story behind it, the music. And I think that's something I really love about that time frame of movies is that the, the, those horror movies, the music and the themes for the killer in them is so iconic, you know, between that and Friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street. Like those are very iconic sounds. Um, that's one of the things I really, really love about Halloween. So that's a, a big regular watch for me just because of some of the memories associated with it. And that iconic, iconic soundtrack is just so cool. So yes. awesome. Hey, we have a couple of listener questions. Why don't you, why don't you cover those for us? Good, sir. Well, let's do that. Uh, Splig. So what do we call us? Super, Super listener. Splig at Dopalicious uh, says, I stopped Assassin's Creed Origins to jump into Dead Cells. 
but got that platinum and with Spider-Man on the way, having ne- have nearly zero interest to go back to Assassin's Creed. How do you combat this and get back to a good game? And how come board games don't have this struggle, at least not first play? Kyle, what do you think? Well, I think I struggle with that a lot too, which is why I tend to only move on from a game once I know that I'm not going to come back to it. Like if I genuinely feel that I am ready to move on from a game, I will. If I am not certain, which is why, like I said, I haven't started Assassin's Creed yet because I still really want to finish up Spider-Man and I still would like to finish up Overcooked 2, those Platinums. If Once I move on to Assassin's Creed, that's not going to happen. I just know it's not going to. So for me, if I choose to move on, it's because I'm ready to and I have made peace with the fact that I'm probably not going to go back to those video games. Or if I am... It's not going to be for a very long time, likely. Um, And I I agree. That doesn't happen with board games. Very rarely in board games am I like, oh, I'm not going to play this again. And I think it's just from a time investment standpoint and a social standpoint, right? Like, you know, video games, there's a story going on. Typically, for the ones that I'm interested, there's some story that I'm following or, or there's some cool, you know, mechanics that I'm a fan of or I like a certain aspect that the game provides. For me, board games are much about as much about who I'm playing them with as it is about the game itself. Um, And I think that's probably some of the reasons that I play Overwatch still all the time. It's not just, you know, I on occasion play it by myself, but almost always when I'm playing Overwatch, it's with other people. Um, So I think that kind of fits that same mold as far as board games for me is it's not just about the game, but it's who I'm playing it with. What about you, sir? I I agree. For the board games, um, I I agree with both of you. Like, I could play Settlers of Catan today and then play 60 other board games before I play Catan again. Mm-hmm. and be fine with that just because it's like a contained experience so you play it once you're satisfied it's okay if you play other games because you're not forgetting where you were you're not losing your, your you know that's the big thing with video games is like i think me and you we both have the same challenge with horizon zero dawn um we want to play first miles but then we're at least i'm like do i remember how to play how long is it going to take me to figure out how to get back into this game? Where did I leave off? Down on the uh, D-pad heel, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> That's what yeah. I remember. Right. And I think a lot of it's muscle memory, but it's if you're doing it within a reasonable amount of time of playing a game. Right. Um, so, like, I would have to relearn Horizon, which I'm okay with, but I need to make sure I do that when I have the time to do that. As far as, like, the Assassin's Creed Origins thing goes, I mean... It, it, the same thing happened to me. I didn't finish Assassin's Creed Origins because I stopped playing it to play other games. Um, and I just made the decision to not finish it and get then you know, start playing the new one. Uh, right. And sometimes you have to make that decision. And uh, it's harder when you spend $60 on a game uh, and don't get to play it, uh, which is why I understand people waiting for Black Friday. So really, right. I think... Uh, fear of missing out is your biggest thing to overcome, not necessarily going back to an older game. Because if you wait for Assassin's Creed Origins when it's 10, 15 bucks on Black Friday, you don't feel so bad about not finishing it. At least I, I wouldn't. I think it's interesting with like, especially looking at like Assassin's Creed Origins, like I finished that game specifically because I knew I was getting to a point where there was other stuff coming out that I wanted to play. So I kind of mainlined the rest of the story to finish it. But there are entire sections of that map that I never went to. Like when you look at that full map, even after I finished the game, there were entire regions I never went to 
and I've never gone back to that game, even though I loved it. Yeah, because I was like, a whole part of the game experience. Yeah, like there are entire, like even though I finished the story, there are entire parts of that world that I have never visited and never will but, probably at this point. Right, and there'll always be another game that we want to play. So even waiting to play Assassin's Creed isn't really solving the problem. Right. Which is a bummer, but we have uh, first world problems. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, so Coach Elk in the Make Us Better Discord asks uh, at Josh and at Psychocross, what do you think, uh, sorry, do you think they will make a more collector's style hero clicks with an upgrade on the pieces, more Warhammer-ish? So I think what he means is, I haven't seen the Warhammer ones, but I think uh, he's regarding the quality of the pieces. I'm not 100% sure, but what do you think, uh, for coach there yeah i think we were having a long discussion before we started podcasting about what exactly who's i'm literally larger i guess you could say actual physically larger pieces or i right away went to like when i started thinking about like the showy pieces in warhammer i played a little bit of warhammer fantasy back in the day thinking about like the you know sun dragon and moon dragon and things like that from the high elves like those things were huge and they looked awesome when they were painted and like they were these things that like even though they weren't necessarily very good pieces that you wanted to use because their stats weren't that great and they weren't that great in combat they looked awesome and had a really cool presence on the board you can put them in a display case and they looked awesome i if I don't think that's what Heroclix is into. I think Heroclix is into making a whole bunch of pieces that they can sell to people as much as they can. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a knock on them. I think they obviously are very successful at that. And a lot of people really like the game. So I, I can't imagine um, that they're going to do that unless maybe they see a market for it or they feel things are slipping a little bit or that they feel like they have to change something um, to continue selling the way they are. Then maybe I could see that happening. But I would be surprised if they made a change to something like that. I agree. Um, they're in it for the money. They make a lot of figures. They definitely have uh, a system that they make these characters. Uh, we were looking up some. I mean, they definitely do make some upgraded collector style pieces for sure. But I think it ultimately comes down to are they making a figure or are they making a hero clicks? character and i think that that's the difference between the deluxe version um i see that not knowing what the warhammer ones look like so uh, unless they are charging more for the warhammer ones i would i would think that it would be weird for them to um not be matching quality for both pieces but i'm definitely going to ask next time i go to my uh gaming store i'm definitely gonna uh ask and see what they think. Hero Clicks is a world that I definitely need to know more about than I do. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely appealing to me. I'll say that. Agreed. Well, hey, as always, if you have any questions, be sure to hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter. Uh, you can send emails to Board with VG at gmail.com or join the Discord and ask us questions there before the show. We would love to hear from you. So, with that, to end the show, as we now are ending the show, we are clearly a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one recommendation, suggestion thing we're into that is helping us live a well-rounded life and this is something that's not going to be game related but just something that we're enjoying and is giving our life meaning currently josh what is your well-rounded life recommendation for this week um so it's it's not it's similar to yours um um my wife and i just recently watched um the good place seasons one and two on netflix in time to watch season three interesting uh just started um it's 
It's a very unique and charming and funny show. Um, something that I didn't really think I would have any interest in watching. Um, and it's it manages to have surprises and throw you for loops. Um, but it's just something that my wife and I, we have different um, comedy sensibilities. Right. So when I can sit down with my wife and she laughs out loud at something, I think that's something special. And for us, this was um, the show that did that. And they also have a podcast, um, which they interview the cast members from the show. And it's hosted by one of the cast members who's a voice actor, um, which I'm looking forward to starting. So I would say everything, the good place, uh, if you're a comedy fan. And if you love Kristen Bell, who's like the cutest, funniest foul mouth little lady in the comedy business can i ask a quick question yes so oddly enough and we didn't talk about this at all i just started watching the good place did you i just nice. finished the, I just, i've only watched three episodes yeah. um does this show get good ever or no <laughs> wow. I, i'm gonna be honest because like i've watched I, again i've only watched three episodes but right but now it's good my response no it's my response is it's fine, okay. but I don't see what the big fuss is about thus far. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to approach you with your comment like that. Well, I didn't know because you know yes, some Kyle, I think it gets good at the first episode. Because <laughs> some shows, you know, it's like, oh, once you get first through like six or seven, like you have to get like that base and then things get good. I just didn't know if this was a show that like everyone's like, no, episode one on is amazing. Because I, I enjoyed it from one on. I do I do get what you're saying there. I have definitely reference I referred people to shows and said you gotta watch three episodes first. Right, right, right. Um yeah, I don't know. If you've watched three episodes and don't think it's good at all, I don't well, know. <laughs> again, not that it's not good at all. It's just that it was recommended to me with extremely high praise. And again, that person's a smart person. It, it's fine. <laughs> but, and I'm going to keep watching it because I trust that person. So I'm going to keep watching it. And it's a really easy to show to watch on my lunch break at work. Um, with my volume not really loud. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll keep watching it. But okay. My recommendation, on the other hand, for living a well-rounded life, I think is a, at least so far, a better show. Uh, and that is American Vandal on Netflix. Josh, have you ever watched American Vandal? Yeah, I'm clear. now I see your sense of humor. That's why you well, don't like a good Well, no. Person. And this is the thing. Is this not the sense of humor of this show that I enjoy? You just like poop and penis jokes. <laughs> Well, that and that's the thing, though, about this show, right? So American Vandal, if you're not familiar with it, it's like a true crime. Think of like the serial podcast, but put into a television show. Um, or if you watch like the Jinx on HBO or anything like that, like that's the style of show this is. And the first season, there's two seasons currently out. The second season just came out like a week or so ago. Um, the first season is about a high school student who gets expelled for drawing phallic symbols on all the teacher's cars. And they play it as a like that style true crime documentary like completely straight laced and that's the thing that i like about it because you would think oh they're talking about penises and they're talking about poop there's going to be a whole bunch of jokes about those things but there's not they make like no jokes the entire time they're playing it completely serious and that's the thing i love about the show is that they're able to take 
was such a a I'm trying to even think of how to explain this. They're taking a genre of television or a genre of show, putting a ridiculous premise on it, but they follow the genre so closely and so well, and in some ways better than the shows that did it, that it just it just works. Like there aren't jokes about those things. Like they might make like one small comment like twice throughout the entire season, but everything they are so serious about and so deadpan about it. And it's just amazing. And the second season is about, well, I'm not going to spoil the second season. I just really recommend you watch it. This was a show I resisted watching for a long time because I didn't think there was any way it could be good because I love true crime stuff. And I love those types of shows. And I was actually really turned off by like when I found out like what the show is about. I was like, there's no way this show can be good. It's not possible. There's just no way that it can be. And it is, I would argue, brilliant. This show is so good. American Vandal on Netflix. Check it out. Definitely not work appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, really enjoy it. There's two seasons available. Definitely recommend you check that out. So, hey, that's our well-rounded life recommendations. Josh, we've been going pretty long today. What do you say we wrap this show up? Yeah, I'm sleepy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, remember, we can't stress it enough. Find us all over social media. We're at BoardWithVG. Use that hashtag uh, like Paul Calico has been doing all week playing as Spider-Man. Hashtag BoardWithVG. Facebook.com slash BoardWithVG. And of course, uh, we get a little hint that something might be coming to BoardWithVG at gmail.com. We're not holding our breath, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you can find me uh, on Xbox and PlayStation at Why So Serious. Uh, look out, if you're playing Forza Horizon 4, please uh, send me a friend request and join our Make Us Better Race Club. We already have, I think, 18 people in it, and I think we can hold 200. So let's fill that up so we can do some giant team races. I think that'll be very exciting. Uh, and that's it for me. That's all I'm going to plug today. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at all the usual places at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. That's on PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Twitter, Instagram, Board Game Geek, all of those places. Specifically, if you're on PlayStation and you enjoy playing Overwatch, uh, I could use some folks who maybe want to play some Overwatch games with me for a very special project that I've been working on. So uh, add me on PlayStation Network. Just let me know you want to play some Overwatch. And as long as you are okay with some video being recorded of us playing, uh, we might you might be part of a very fun project that I'm working on. So hit me up, especially, like I said, if you're looking at playing Overwatch, that would be great. If you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because, as always, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So let us know what those things are. Ask questions, give topics, all that wonderful stuff. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you for joining us, everyone, this week. As always, we really appreciate it. It is very late. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.